Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Blog Talk Radio. We'll go back in time when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats Football! It's memorabilia on the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network. In conjunction with Swick Enterprises, and we're live from the Wallingford, Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150 plus years of football history and memorabilia. And you can find us on the web at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host. He's a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian, specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawks items, in particular Steve Lark. He hails from Portland, Oregon. Mr. Joe Squires. Joe. Mr. Joe Squires. Welcome to the show this evening. Uh, Captain, very good to be here. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas, you and Brenda, at the Wallingford, Connecticut compound. We were we were holed up in the compound for basically 72 hours until we went out because there was not much going on. Uh, we we um, didn't have anybody over. Talked to a few people. Talked to my daughter in Australia. And uh, had a very quiet Christmas this year. By Sunday, we were ready to go out. And boy, did we go out in Wallingford. <laughs> <laughs> Locally. I, I've i been, the past, I, I, let me rephrase this. This season, we've been uh, heading out to our favorite Mexican restaurant here in Wallingford, Los Mariachis. And I've been watching the 4 o'clock football game there. And um, I, nice. I, we have dinner, a couple drinks, 
I watch the game seven o'clock, seven fifteen. The game's over here, and then uh, we pack it in and we go home. So it's relaxing, and uh, at least we get out a little and enjoy uh, some good food, good drink, so on and so forth. But anyway, what it takes to keep your sanity. Merry, Merry Christmas to you and the family. And uh, we are fast approaching the new year at the time of recording, less than 48 hours. But we're going to start off on a somber <laughs> note tonight. Um, for those people who have not heard, and as many of you have, a hobby icon has passed all too young at age 59. And that's uh, Josh Evans, who better known as the founder of Leyland's Auction, a strong supporter of Good Iron Greats Magazine, back page advertiser. We had Josh on the show back in April of 2019, seems like yesterday, uh, in, the, in a show that we could have gone for three or four hours straight uh, with all the information he was yeah. talking about. It was, it was a great show. Yeah. But to lead off, lead off tonight, I want to... Um, read, because I know not everybody gets an a, uh, email that was sent by uh, Leyland's to its customers, advertisers, so on and so forth. And I'll read that to you, uh, our audience, and then I'll hand off to you, Joe. It's pro- with profound sadness that we're sharing the news that many of you have already heard about. The legendary Leyland's founder and chairman of the board, Joshua Leyland Evans, passed away after a lengthy illness on Sunday, December 27th. He was 59 years old. World, words cannot adequately express our sense of loss nor our gratitude to Josh for his longtime dedication to Leyland's and the hobby of sports memorabilia. Josh was a pioneering visionary, a passionate industry advocate, and a highly respected expert. We have lost and will dearly miss a larger-than-life personality who was omnipresent at industry events and touched countless lives during his 50-plus years of buying, collecting, and selling the stuff, as he lovingly referred to sports and pop culture memorabilia. Joshua Evans came of age in in an early era of sports collecting where money was not the motivating factor. Instead, it was a reverence and love for the stuff and those who made sports history that drove his and fellow enthusiast passions. When he founded Leyland's after graduating from college in the 1980s, Josh did not know that trading cards and sports collectibles would someday develop into a multi-billion dollar industry, but he did know there were countless fans who shared his passion and that a marketplace to buy and sell the stuff would afford him the opportunity to make a living while enjoying his daily work. Those of us fortunate enough to have worked and collected alongside Josh have lost a dear friend and an inspiring mentor. Joshua Evans leaves behind a company that is built to last and Leyland's is and will continue to be an enduring legacy to his long and storied history in the hobby. We will honor his memory by dedicating ourselves to continuing the work that was his life passion. We wish to extend our deepest sympathies to his family, friends, associates, and the clients with whom he has developed longstanding relationships We also want to thank all of you who have reached out to us to express your thoughts, prayers, and shared memories. Your support is truly appreciated. A memorial service for Josh will be scheduled in the future to allow for a safe gathering. And thank you, the Leyland's family. And donations in lieu of flowers 
uh, can be made to the Kidney Transplant Fund at St. Barnabas wow. Medical Center. And uh, if you go to that uh, uh, St. Barnabas Medical Center, you can see the uh, area there set up for giving. And if you select kidney transplant as the designation, select tribute gift in memory of Joshua Evans, they will get it. They'll also give you information if you want to mail them a check. Really brief yeah. before I hand it off to you and, and your discussion of Josh, uh, I, again, uh, getting to know him much better than I knew him in the past, over the past four years or so. Uh, I appreciate one comment he made during the podcast that I told Brenda about and she listened to and, and kind of stuck with both of us. He really... Uh, enjoyed the magazine and he called us a true boutique yes. publication and I was kind of touched by that because I'm saying to myself yeah. here's a guy who's you know in charge of one of the largest auction sports memorabilia auction firms in the country and he likes gridiron greats with no hesitation and uh, I got to interview him for the magazine got to talk to him at length emailed him by phone so on and so forth and I that 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 mention that he gave for Gridiron Greats Magazine is always going to stick with me, and I truly appreciate it. And uh, it, 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 it's really a shock to me, even though I know I knew he was ill. You know, here's a guy younger than me, and he passed already. And, and unfortunately, over the past two weeks, uh, I lost a good friend of mine from high school who I grew up with who uh, apparently had a sudden heart attack and just passed away in Florida. And uh, I was kind of taken back by that, and now this. So uh, it's just been an amazing year, to say the least. Joe, I'm going to hand off to you. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, this is tough. I mean, it's you know, there's there's hobby icons, you know, that we're around, and people who just know more about the hobby than you know we will ever forget. I know my place in this hobby. Uh, I love the hobby, but there are pioneers who've come, you know, before me who, you know, were collecting and cataloging this stuff before I was born. And, you know, uh, Josh was one of those. Uh, we exchanged emails before the show. Obviously, I did some consignments to Leland's, uh, you know, you know, texted him a few times after the show, just mostly joking around. But obviously a fiercely private person who didn't mention, you know, that he was sick, Uh and, you know, you can tell just by, you know, where, you know, they're asking donations to go to a, you know, to a kidney foundation is, you know, that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, you know, what you can, you can kind of tell what the problem was. I, I went through and listened to uh, the old podcast just because, as we were mentioning on, uh, you know, Vintage Football, you know, Community VFC, that uh, I would place that show that we did with him last year. What was it? April of 2019, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I would play yep. that show and just one of the top three favorites uh, that I've done. And, uh, you know, talking, talking hobby with you, Bob, every week, I've got the best seat in the house. Uh, I, I just, I get to talk hobby with a, you know, I get to, I get to talk hobby with a hobby icon, the captain, you know, Bob Swick. Uh, that's awesome. And whether I'm a fly on the wall hearing, you know, you talk to a guest or whether you and I are talking hobby, it's uh, I've, I've got the best seat in the house. And that show that we did, it just went. Uh, there are times when I'm looking at the clock during a show, and then there are times when you're like, okay, we have you know one minute left, and that was one of them. Uh, the, the show we did a couple weeks ago with 
you know, with Mike McKee, Jeff Payne, and Steve Wolf. I mean, that, that one mm-hmm. went fast. I mean, we were running right up against the clock. And that show with Josh was the same. Uh, I, I remember the whole time just being enthralled by his stories and, uh, and just like, man, this guy was doing it and you know, started doing this when he was, you know, a, a kid going to shows. And, God, what, you know, what was I doing when I was that age? You know, not much. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's just, uh, you know, you know he, uh, definitely a pioneer. Uh, you know, one of the first auction houses in the country that focused just on, you know, sports and sports collectibles. That's something to be said for. But just the, the amount of knowledge that, you know, that, that passed on, it, that's sad. It's just tough. And this, guy, this guy knew more people had a bigger Rolodex, had more phone numbers saved in his phone than, than uh, I'll ever imagine. So, yeah, that's, that's a tough loss to our, our football hobby in, in general. You know, gotta, but, to, to, put it in, to put it in perspective even more so, he basically started that 35 years ago. So I yeah. look back at the last 35 years of the hobby, you know, as, as a as – a, um, as a as a ball of, of that's rolling and that can't stop because again you go into the football card explosion of 1989. That's one of the the biggest changes we saw in the hobby, in my opinion, for football ever. Where you had a few different sets out, there was now a lot of competition among the sets, and then the explosion that occurred basically from 1990 and didn't really let up until 95, 96 to almost a, a serious contraction now where you only have a couple sets being produced. I mean, a couple producers making a lot of sets, which to me all look the same. So we've seen an evolution of the hobby taking from 90 to 2020, 30 years. Five years prior to that, Josh had the foresight to say, hey, we're, we're going to do some auctions. We're going yeah. we're gonna, to we're gonna do something a little different here. And it was a, a much different ball game. And, uh, you know, his knowledge, his thirst to find things, his um, honesty with what he did, it, it's truly amazing what he created over a 35-year period, all gone so soon. That's the way I look at it. Uh, but I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just kind of shocked and amazed at how far the hobby has really gone. I'm even more shocked, you know, to see how far the hobby went from the 1970s up until 1989 where you had the occasional card show and then you had this baseball card explosion in 81 and 82 and it took football almost 10 years later to basically do the same thing, only on a smaller scale as far as the explosion of new sets, so on and so forth. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see and kind of interesting to view. And Josh was there for everything. He saw it all. He, he, knew, you know, he knew what was going on, and he had great foresight on what he was buying, what he was picking up, and what he, what he saw as potential. You know? Yeah. Absolutely, amazing. Yeah, uh, like I, like I said, I went and re-listened to that show. Uh, I, I generally don't re-listen to the shows. I don't know about you, Bob, but I, I can't stand the sound of my voice. You know, hearing the sound of my voice, <laughs> you sound like an angel. Uh, you know, you you sound like our mustachioed captain, uh, just normal. But you know, when I hear my voice, it sounds like I'm 
you know, got a clothespin on my nose and I'm speaking into a megaphone. Uh, so I, I generally don't listen to the shows afterwards, but this one I went and re-listened just because, like I said, one of my favorite shows we've ever done. And it just it ran right up to the wire. and You can hear it in the show. We're all of a sudden you're like, okay, we have about 60 seconds left. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were just yeah. we were talking hobby all the way up into it. It was amazing. But I jotted down some notes, just some, uh, you know, just some, uh, you know, some things that really, you know, hit me as profound that he was talking about, uh, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, graduated college in 1983, but, you know, in the late sixties and early seventies, this kid was going to shows and there was a, a story he told about going to the Willow Grove show in Pennsylvania, 19, yep. uh, in, 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 uh, in, uh, when he was like nine or 10 and he came across a box. He was buying something from a dealer and, he saw the dealer open his, his backpack up and then it was a box of 1967, you know, football wax cards. And, uh, he, he's, he kind of laughed. He goes, you can't miss that box. And, uh, it's a very psychedelic, psychedelic design. He goes, I think the designers went to Woodstock and it was the first joke he dropped to the show. I'm like, are you joking? Did they make design after Woodstock? And it was just kind of funny, but he goes, he ended up buying, uh, the box for, you know, he negotiated 400, and he said the proverbial, you know, thing that all of us collectors do. What else you got? He goes, well, I got two more of these. So I ended up buying three boxes yep. of 67 wax for $900. It, you know, it went, it went up to his mom, and his mom's like, well, that's nice. They drove to a dealer he knew in L.A. Or, uh, they, or excuse me, he drove to a dealer he knew, and they negotiated. And uh, he could see the heads nodding, and finally the wallet comes out, and the money starts in it. Sold it for $7,500. This Mm-hmm. 10, 11-year-old kid in 1967, 1970, made $6,800 on a, on a transaction. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. my mom telling me the first house she bought in like 1973 you know, was $20,000. So what is, mm-hmm. you know, $6,800 in 1970 in the era in current money? That's a lot for a kid that age. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it, it, pretty interesting. He said when he graduated, he wanted to open the Sotheby's of sports memorabilia. He just wanted to wanted to do it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, one the advice that he gave. You know, you know, because some people say, "Well, it's lucky," you know, to come across some stuff. But he's one thing he mentioned is really profound. Is you know to have you know if you have the knowledge, you know, the key to this hobby is to have all that knowledge to have a great deal of knowledge about the, the subject, so that when you come across something you know, to pull the trigger. Uh, and he said, so it's not luck. It's, it's hard work. It's putting in putting in the time it's putting in the, putting in the homework. I mean, that's, exactly. you mentioned, you know, in his, in his tribute, you know, he's a pioneer and visionary. And that's absolutely true. I mean, if you graduate and you, your, your vision is to open the first sports, you know, memorabilia auction that, that you're a pioneer and visionary. That's you're, you're right. I asked him if he ever thought about changing Leland's to Largent auctions. That was my, one obligatory large and joke. Uh, you know, he, he talked about going to a, you know, finding a guy. One of his first big deals was a guy in California named Lloyd, but that wasn't his real name. And he ended up tracking him down. Yeah, yeah. Finally found yeah. him. I yelled at him, told him to come back at four. So he went to a movie, drove a beat up old VW bus. And the guy came back and bought it for 400 bucks and stopped a block away to do a dance. He's like, there was a Gordy Howe hockey stick in there. And he goes, that's the diligence. That's, you know, walking the pavement, boots on the ground. I mean, uh, but 
you know, knowing what you have and, you know, being diligent enough to just keep, you know, keep, you know, keep moving forward. It just reminds me of right. Mark McKee's story about, you know, finding that Barney Wentz, you know, Pottsville Maroon set, just uh, constantly looking, constantly letting people know what you're out there looking for. And eventually, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's you or friends around you, come up, you know, a, a Jim Thorpe sweater that was cut up and put on cards. He said he sold another Jim Thorpe jersey from the camp days for $272,000, you know, in the uh, you mm-hmm. know, late 80s, early 90s, 272000 you know, and he's like, you know, it, it takes millionaires and multimillionaires to keep this hobby going because not a lot of people can drop 272 on a, on a 20, 30 years ago. Right. Right. If, if, a, if a Canton Bulldog jersey came up for sale right now with the word Thorpe written on the back with provenance, you know, with a tear in the sea that we could show showing a type one photo of Thorpe wearing, and, you know, when it's autographed, yes, this is my jersey, you know, with Jim Thorpe on the inside. I mean, think of, you know, think of that provenance. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as I would want that, I'd have a hard time telling my wife I need to, you know, I need to pull, you know, 272 or whatever it would be now, half a million dollars <laughs> off a line of equity to, to buy that. I mean, yeah, it'd be a tough one. Uh, you know, so I mean, but he, he's right. It, it takes some whales. It takes some, some you know, some big players at the table to keep the hobby going but exactly uh you asked you asked him a pretty good question what's hot in football now and he said you know sadly he goes he said he preferred you know uh preferred you know vintage items you know the the jerseys the you know the hockey sticks Mm -hmm. over cards but he said you know don't swim against the hobby if you're a dealer you don't swim against the hobby uh you know, modern right now, you know, those Brady rookie cards, you know, I mean, you know, I bought that 2000 SP wax. (laughs) So I just, I I was curious. I just wanted to open, open some wax and see if I could get a Brady card. So, I don't know. And then at the end, you mentioned he gave it. Go ahead. Uh, Go for it, bud. At the end. Yeah. You go ahead. You go ahead, sir. It's your show. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I know where you're, you're leading to on this. Go. Yeah. At the end, you mentioned, he said, Gridiron Greats is, uh, you know, the greatest football publication, you know, in the world. Uh, the Boutique, you mentioned. I thought that was a very cool nod that he was uh, a subscriber yep. and that he read it. It was it was pretty cool to know. Uh, pretty happy to know that, you know, maybe a couple articles that I wrote he read. But, you know, pioneer, visionary, hobby icon. Sad to see him go. Yeah, it's it's just truly amazing. I was going to add to uh, Martin Jacobs, who writes for Gridiron Greats, San Francisco 49ers historian, collector. Marty, during the 70s and 80s, had a lot of sports, had three sports memorabilia stores in the San Francisco area. And then he was out in Vegas in the 80s also, along with the California stores. And he was, he knew Josh quite well. I was talking to Marty. I told him what happened. He had, he had heard. And uh, he said uh, he's always enjoyed the visits by Josh when he came into the store because it was amazing what he was buying from him. And uh, they had some pretty pretty robust discussions and, and good times together talking. So I thought that was really cool to hear. And uh, it was a good sign to, again, know people have very good memories and close memories for him. 
uh, with regards to his statue and his uh, knowledge and his camaraderie that he offered in uh, in the hobby, to say the least. So uh, I always enjoyed seeing him in, at the National because he would inevitably come over to the table, uh, especially <laughs> when I used to be set up with uh, John and Andy and BST Auctions there and uh, MSB Sports Cards, and he would end up spending almost a half hour talking, buying, so on and so forth. So it's, it's very interesting to hear very, very, uh, very classic, very classic, classic icon of the hobby. Uh, to, and, you know, you would never really think who he is if you didn't know him. You know, he's just a normal guy walking around the show, talking to people and buying stuff. That's the nice part about it, you know? So, yeah. Is what? Is uh, a true, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, for lack of better terms, this is a true uh, hobby icon and he'll sorely be missed. But he left a, yep. a great company and Leyland's. I'm sure we'll be uh, as strong as ever down the road. I hope so. I hope so. I've consigned to him in the past, and I've I've bought several things from him in the past. They're an amazing auction. And you know me. I love auctions. I, I love auction season. <laughs> so, uh, but, I hear you. Hey, I, uh, be, being a captain, being as this is the last show of the year, I uh, I grabbed that list that you posted on VFC of the you know twenty three shows we've done this year, and I thought we'd do yep. a nice recap. Uh, so, are you strapped in? Are you ready to roll? I, I imagine you're in a big, comfy swivel chair, sitting at your computer doing the show. Is how I was imagining <laughs> it. I've actually never asked you where, where you do your show from. I uh, I got a couple offices in the compound. I'm in the upstairs uh, one that oversees the uh, parking lot of the country club across the street, and I got my neighbor's uh, <laughs> dead tree, my neighbor's dead tree in front of me that I watch the squirrels go in and out. And, um, I, I got about seven screens open on the computer for notes and things of that nature. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. the cat sits with me. The cat is not with me today, so that's it. And at the same yeah. time, Brenda's in her office uh, working on the layout for the upcoming issue of Great Iron Greats Magazine, issue number 71. And i got to ask, if you're not a subscriber, what, what are you waiting for? are you waiting for? And by the way, I have an article I'm working on on uh, a very cool – Local subset, the 76 Fred Meyer Seattle Seahawk set. Yeah. Uh, I had them mostly done. I just need to put, put the uh, Joe Squires, you know, comedic, uh, you know, spice on it, I guess. Uh, all right. <laughs> our, first, <laughs> our first show of the year, Captain, was done on January 14th. And I loved this show. It was Barry Cohen from Ebbets Field. Uh, Ebbets Field, if you remember, oh, yeah. makes yeah. Uh, yeah. very authentic jerseys and hats uh, located up in Seattle. I think I think uh, Rev Mike Moran had, had uh, you know dropped that website the year prior. I stumbled across it. I ordered an authentic Red Grange uh, jersey, and, and uh, he was trying to figure out if he could get the friction tape on it, uh, and then ended up being not mm-hmm. being possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I ended up ordering was a Canton Bulldog. Canton Bulldog jersey, uh, which I mm-hmm. love. I, I uh, wore it the day after Christmas when I was lounging around the house. Uh, it's itchy. 
it's modern, so it's made from wool. It's uh, it, it's not the you know the the comfortable fabrics that you that we all know now, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I sent a I think I sent a picture off to our our yep. our, uh, yep. our text that I have, but he was fun, very knowledgeable. Uh, you know, yep. uh, he was good. Uh, I really wished I could have got a you know friction tape red grain jersey from him, but uh, I I get it. You know, it's it's hard to design that stuff. But, right, right, so. right. Second show was uh, a day later. Larry Schmidt, New York Giants historian and collect, uh, collector, mm-hmm. was on January fifteenth. <laughs> any any recollections from that show? He's the uh, his knowledge of the Giants is uh, superior, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And B, uh, he's got a great love for the blue. And uh, again, being oh, a yeah. local team here, I have you know. Listened and watched many giant games when nothing else was on the TV, and uh, I, I just I kind of feel bad how they they've just gone downhill the past few seasons. Oh. This season has just been uh, uh, just a, a horrific season for them. And uh, yeah. but you know it's it's great to remember the years years gone by. I mean I remember the Ali Sherman years. I can I can distinctly remember watching on TV the Giants. Back in the '60s, and see Ali Sherman up and down the up and down the uh, sideline for the Giants, and, it was, and, I, and I still can picture my Philadelphia football cards of the Giants with that strong blue image oh, man. Uh, of Beautiful. their of their helmets and their jerseys. So cool, so cool. Yeah, he was a great guest. I enjoyed yeah. his uh, take on a lot I, of uh, things with the Giants. I was a little disappointed he missed uh, one of the questions on the Joe quiz. Uh, Lawrence Taylor or Brian Boggs oh, yeah, was yeah. better. Yeah, he said Lawrence Taylor, which obviously is incorrect. <laughs> so, uh, all right, show number three was on February 18th. God, Brian Bothworth sucked. All right, anyways, uh, February 18th was Jim Ragsdale talking about 77 Tops Mexicans. Remember the yep. show? Mex- yep. I love the Mexican set. And uh, what a, this guy knew. I mean, do you remember he – like flew to Mexico and bought three cases of this stuff, flew it back home yep. and then flew back down for more when he, you know, when he was opening it, this is, we talk about hobby pioneers. This is the guy who knows more about Mexican, this Mexican set than, you know, than anyone else. Anybody probably. else. Anybody else. Yeah, no he, doubt his, about it. his knowledge and command of that, of that set is incredible. And yeah. uh, I learned so much on that show. And again, I you know I I had a passing interest in the Mexican set. I never went crazy with it. I was always content with with what I had. I knew I was never going to make a full set of it. I basically just tried to collect the Packers out of it. That was it. That was my only my only concern with it. So that was it. You know. Ditto. Uh, I I had the Seahawks, uh, and I I really yep, sold yep. off. Next show was on March twentieth. Uh, a guy named Jeff Payne. It doesn't ring a bell. Name doesn't sound familiar. You Bob. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, did I'm sure he talked about some boring Pottsville uh, maroon set, whatever. Blabbed on and on. Yeah, he, he had a great uh, <laughs> a great discussion that day. And, and again, his knowledge is, is incredible. I am so happy I was able to get down there. Uh, for a mini get together, yeah. and, and I saw a lot of his collection. That was that was just incredible. A weekend, 
and uh, had a lot of fun with Mike Boysdale because we were staying at the same place. Uh-huh. Mike rented a car, and uh, it was so interesting. As an aside, Michael called me when I when I told the story, but we left Jeff's house that Saturday night after going to the uh, Philadelphia show, wherever it was located. Valley, it was. I, they moved it from Valley Forge to the casino, wherever wherever they moved it to. And we're driving home from Jeff's house because that's where we all met. And I have never seen fog in my life driving from Jeff's house to get to where we were staying, which was outside the airport there, um, outside of Dole's airport there. And holy mackerel, it was an incredible ride. So I'm saying to myself, all right, here are two footballers, and uh, we're co-pilots trying to navigate roads that we've never driven on before. No clue. We're seeing deer run in front of the run in front of the car. It was an incredible, it was a surrealistic experience getting back, and uh, it was kind of funny to say the least. But uh, we we made it. Got to see his collection, and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh- I vowed to make that. If that happened again, I vowed to make it. Blaisdell yeah, can fly from Seattle. From Seattle to Virginia, I can fly from Portland to Virginia, damn it. All right, mm-hmm. next show up was uh, March 27th, Michael uh, Mason Halder, uh, Collection Museum. And I should Incredible amount of information, and I can't wait to get out there and see his stuff and do the, uh, do the West Coast trip. You know what I'm doing. Because you're on it, and uh, I got got three slaps in California, a stop in Oregon, and a stop in Washington. So it should be pretty interesting. Yes. So I can ever travel again. So, but his, I'm just uh, I'm just happy to pronounce Oregon right. Yeah, amazing, uh, amazing. Next up, so. April 14th, author Joe Zagorski. Joe uh, uh, wrote that uh, wrote that new uh, book uh, on mm-hmm. the. On, on the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the trailblazing middle linebackers, I believe. Yep. Uh, with, about about Willie Lanier. Yep. Yep. Well, there's a gentleman who I always tip my hat to people who can take a single solitary subject, a person, Willie Lanier, for example, and write a book about it. They'd also right. you know, written the book The Years of Packers the year before, and then NFL in the 70s, a couple years before that. I remember. Uh, just some good books, and you know, you know this guy. This guy knows his stuff. I follow him on uh, on Twitter now. He's pretty good. But to write a book about Willie Lanier, I'm a Seahawk fan. I'm a Steve Largent fan. I don't know enough about him to write, you know, a page. Uh, you know, so to be able to write a book about something that's being passionate and a hobby, I like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Joe. Joe's show. a very 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 good author, and I stay in touch with yeah. Joe. He's working on a new book. Which I'm not going to. I think I'm pretty sure he talked about it um, on the show, and uh, I'll just leave it like that. But uh, hopefully that'll be out either the end of this. I think it's the end of this year or beginning of next year. I'm not sure. He said it. He said it was a book on the '83 Seahawks called "The Cinderella Story," how the Seahawks beat the Dolphins in the uh, in the division. (laughs) Anyways, I'll I'll stop that joke right now. We lost to the Raiders in the AFC Championship. All right. Next show, uh, April 21st, was Steve Hart with BBCE. I liked this show yeah. a lot. I was excited to get Steve Hart on. I mean, there's somebody who uh, has a very specific 
niche in the hobby. He grades uh, unopened wax boxes. He, he grades the wax packs for PSA. So, Lee, you know, the agreement is he can't grade the wax packs, but he grades the wax boxes. And I've sent mm-hmm. several boxes to him. I have a box I'm sending to him later this week. But uh, so he's uh, just – it was very fascinating to talk to him about how he got into it, the mistakes he's made, uh, you know, et cetera. So, you know. Yeah, uh, he's a, if, he is a definite, definite authority, and his knowledge of Open is uh, pretty amazing to me. And, uh, again, too bad I didn't take every penny I had back you-know-when and just uh, kept squirreling away the uh, unopened material. Uh, I would have a, a bigger compound right now than what I have. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, next next uh, was April 29th, John Vorpirian, TV host, author. You were very good friends with him. He's, uh, yep. uh, you know, he, he, uh, you've been on a show. He has, uh, he, he was, he was fascinating. Talk about knowledge. We'll talk about somebody who's, uh, obviously you and I are smooth. We both have faces for yeah, radio, yeah. but we're, we're smooth here. But this guy was way smooth. You could tell he was very comfortable being in front of, you know, being, you know, having a, a you know, being on a show. One comment I, I always make about John, uh, when he invited me up the first time to go to the show, I had to, we, we drove up to White Plains. So it's probably an hour and a half, two hour ride. And um, I get there. I have, I have no idea what to expect. Now, I've been on TV before locally. No big deal. I've never been on any, you know, show like that before. And uh, I brought a few things, you know, a couple, you know, a couple things to show them, so on and so forth. But I have never done a show as fast as I did with them, where before I knew it, the show was over already. And he even commented that too, that it was amazing how quickly the show passed. And I had, I had, we had no scripts. He just threw questions out. I answered them and, and we just went from there. And all three shows I've done with them so far, it's been the same type of setup. And uh, it's, it's been great. It's really been great. And he's gotten a lot of good compliments uh, saying how interesting it was. And, uh, you know, that's good. I'm glad. So he's a great, great uh, TV host. And he's uh, a fascinating interviewer, to say the least. So I, I enjoyed that, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, that he was smooth. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just I, I remember that as just and hearing you two talk, I, that's just one where I was just lucky to be a fly on the wall to just be able to hear you two, you guys talk and <laughs> you know ask a question on occasion. You guys were just long long friends and and uh, obviously very comfortable with each other. Uh, May twentieth, we went almost three weeks without a show. We went from uh, John Vorpirian on uh, April twenty ninth to May twentieth. Denton Fuffer, Pro Football ho- Hobby Den, was the mm-hmm. was the show. Uh, yeah, what are your recollections of that one? Uh, for some reason, that one doesn't ring a bell with me. Yeah, he's um, exceptionally knowledgeable, and at the same time, uh, ve- you know, very interesting to talk to, and uh, I-, I think we both picked up a lot on that show, to say the least. So, uh, And he's got a tough last name. That's all. <laughs> yeah. did, I, did I pronounce it right? Buffer? Huh? Yeah, you did. You did. You did. And, you know, it's interesting for people that don't realize it. You know, we, we do spend a lot of time trying to prep these shows. If I have somebody's yeah. uh, last name, I always ask them, what's the phonetic 
uh, spelling of the, you know, pronouncing or how to pronounce your name phonetically. And uh, because I, I had a tendency to botch the English language somehow. I, I come up with spookisms, words that never existed before until I made them up. And uh, long story short, I was very concerned about his last name, but we we got through it. I got through it. It was good. That was a good show. Yeah. Good, good. 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 Next show, we had an open forum. I haven't gone back and listened yep. to that show, but whenever, whenever we have an open forum, it's kind of to catch our breath on, uh, you know, on items like uh, – you know, it, it's it, yeah, usually what it is. So, uh, next show, Tim Brown on, uh, G, on July 14th, Tim Brown, author. I remember this one. Uh, yep. He, 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 yeah, he, he was, uh, he was funny. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tim, yeah, Tim uh, is, a, is a, is a very interesting author. He's got he's got a lot of very interesting things to talk about in his books. He has, to me, his angles on his books are very interesting. Also, they're not you know the standardized type and standardized things that he's talking about. In this case, he really he really presented a great book as far as uh, you know things he really didn't know about the NFL but or about football in general. And combining everything the way he did, I thought it was a great job on the book, also. And uh, you know, he was he was interesting to talk about, uh, talk to. He was also, I think we had him on one other time several years ago too. Yeah, uh, three years wrote, prior, I remember. Uh, yeah, so uh, I knew he'd be a good. He'd be. He got in touch with me with the second book, and he, he asked if he, uh, if I would review it. I said sure, no problem. Then I asked him, "Why don't you come on as a guest, and we'll talk about it?" Yeah, it was good. Good, good man. Good book. Do you remember what his book was? I'm trying to find it right now, uh, but I can't find it online. We had the original book, uh, Fields of uh, Friendly Fire, and now the second book. Oh, that's right. I have to. That's uh, right. Now I remember. I got to uh, bring up another screen here. With with, uh, but anyways, um, Fields of Friendly Fire was a fascinating book with regards to. Um, you know that war efforts of the first uh, first world yeah um, yeah it was first world first world war with uh yeah with, yep, with regards right. to the um, military teams and the like and um, yep. fascinating to say the least I'm trying to bring it yeah, up now um, trying to I'm getting ten. Tim Brown's. Anyways, I'll go oh, back yeah. to them. When I was looking it up, when I when I was looking it up as well, there was uh, uh, yeah. okay, there it is. Yep, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember talking to him about some of the, uh, you know, we, you know, I remember uh, us talking about some of the, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the the teams that were put together in World War One by you know the players that they right, right, put together. Right. We had a very busy July, Captain, because we did Tim Brown on the 14th. We did Jason Dooley on the 16th and Eric Stang on the 22nd. Jason Dooley, Patriots super collector, obviously friend of, you know, friend of uh, VFC, so, uh, which is where we invited him over. And I got to say this, issue 71 super collector is Jason Dooley. So uh, we're going to be featuring some of the stuff, and uh, it'll. 
Uh, for you and I, it'll bring some interesting memories back of our discussion we had with him. It's a great, great collection, phenomenal collection. So, uh, uh, pretty good. I tip my hat to the man who's got Malcolm Butler's pass that he intercepted in the end zone to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why Malcolm Butler mm-hmm. wasn't the MVP. That was Tom Brady. It's a Super Bowl that uh, that will sting for a long time. Eric Stang, mm-hmm. Vikings collector, was on July 27th. A good friend of the show, friend of the hobby, Viking yeah. super yeah. collector, working working up towards what was it, 15,000 Vikings cards. He Correct. broke it down Correct. by he's, uh, by decade. He's picked up a ton more, and I told him already when he is close to when he's over 90 percent completion, he's going to be back on the show. And uh, we're going to talk about it because I'm telling him I want the hundred percent. I have to have to push him along to see if he can make and collect every Viking card ever printed. That'll be pretty cool. Every Viking. Well, I'm I'm working on my monster. You know, every a program and a ticket stub from every college game Red Grange played, and yep. I know some of these uh, some of these you know flags that we plant uh, at the top of the mountain that can be hard to get to. Uh, so, all right. The next show we did was uh, almost three weeks later. Matt Schwab, OSU collection and auction. Another friend of VFC. I remember. Uh, what, what, what was the very, name of his auction? Um, he, had to, he had to explain it to us. His it auction site is very is so cool. Thinking about you're you're only specializing in Ohio State items, and there's and there's yeah, that kind of demand for it. Just it's amazing to me. And he's got a great collection of Ohio State University stuff, to say the least. That was a what great was interview. The name of it? He had to explain it because I was like, man, that is uh, – I'm looking up Ohio State auction right now. What was it? Ah, oh, well. We'll, uh, we'll catch hell for that one, uh, you know, on VFC when we, when we log back in. Just we couldn't remember. But it was very specific, mm-hmm. uh, Ohio State. And good for him. And uh, I remember he had a very dodgy, a dodgy answer when I asked him who would, who would have, if it wasn't for COVID, who would have won the season or opener, Oregon Ducks or Ohio State? And he said he was pretty sure Ohio would have won it. And uh, I, I doubt it. <laughs> Oregon looked pretty good. We just won, won the Rose Bowl. We just backed into the Rose Bowl and beat five and zero USC. So I think we looked yep. pretty good. Yep. So uh, let's just say he did a good job. He did a good job. Not having to face the Ducks. So they got lucky. Next show, September 2nd. These are all starting to become very fresh. Derek Crawford, Steelers fan. And I always enjoy getting Steelers fans on because there's a little bit of 2005 Super Bowl rivalry going on between me and any Steelers fan that I always Mm -hmm. enjoy, Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy talking about. So. Yeah, he's got a great collection featured as our last issue's super collector and um yep we had his cover on and um got a nice collection great guy great story that he told you know it's a classic collecting story and it never gets yep. tired listening to it's, it's it's so cool to listen to yeah i think he mentioned he ate lead paint chips as a child which led him to become a steelers fan so <laughs> always sad to see that September September twenty third show was another <laughs> was another open forum. Uh, always yep. good to talk hobby with the captain. October fourteenth, Fred McKee Heartland's collection. Man, what what a what a 
you know, talk about a facet of the hobby to, you know, to collect Heartlands. And I thought yep. I knew what Heartlands were just from, you know, the bobbleheads and stuff. No, it, it gets very specific. No. And just how he got into I'll the tell you, collection was pretty. That's, that, that's the type of show that I do. And I just sit back when I re-listen to the show and I say to myself, yeah. wow, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. And I think I know a little about a lot in the hobby, but not a lot about everything. So I'm saying to myself, uh, there was so much stuff I learned on that show. It was, it was just incredible. It was truly incredible over here. Great, yeah. great guests, great, great information. It was just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those, like I said, just one of those things, you know, I, I dig them and uh, just, it, it, it's so expansive. I never even thought about it. Right. October 21st. We had Ken Marks, post serial expert and collector. And what a show this was uh, to talk about the, this set, post serial, which is so elusive. The master set, the short prints, the variations of the set. Now, I attempted after that show to start looking at my post set. And I said to myself, don't even get started because there's no possible way I'm going to start getting involved in trying to collect all the variations. I was yep. very happy when I completed that set. And I said to myself, I don't care. I, I'm calling it I'm calling it complete in that set. And uh, to me, that's a childhood set to a large degree, along with the 6263 Salada T-Coin set. And I just said to myself, if there are variations, so be it. I have one of each number, and I'm stopping it there, and that's it. But the information was just, was just truly mind-boggling to hear. And uh, the stuff I learned on that show also was incredible. Back-to-back shows, education of a lifetime on both of them, yep. to say the least. Yep. Yep. Because, yeah, and, and can't just the expert. I mean, and you, it's. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. How we got into it, and uh, you know how we started whittling it down. The you know the 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 chase for the you know the little single serving boxes and the difference. Because I, I think it took a couple yeah. of follow up questions and emails afterwards for me to, I guess, have the balls to ask him to because I didn't know. Just like, all right, how show maybe show me an example of how you know the difference between the single serving versus the other, and just pretty fascinating then to be able to spot that yeah. and how they yeah. designate it how they label it, what they call it, the, the lingo of each one. It's pretty fun. Uh, next show up was November 4th, Bob Underwood, St. Louis football collector. Very fascinating. He's yep. a fun guy to follow on Twitter. He's very active. Yep. They're always posting up old videos of, uh, you, yep. know, uh, you know, of, uh, you know, Cardinal action. Um, yeah, he, he was a fun guest. Uh, ex-military, yeah. no, no, his dad is ex-military because he he has he had quite a bit of military posts. November eighteenth, yeah, he would. He uh, he to me was, um, you know, he he loves his cardinals and he's keeping them alive. And uh, it was a great interview to say the least. Okay, moving on. Next show was our open forum on November eighteenth. Remember that that was the yep. week before uh, week before Thanksgiving. I'm doing that one. Talking hobby with the captain. December 3rd, we had Joe Brennan, Bills collector. 
And this was yep. uh, right before the Seahawks and the Buffalo Bills faced off, and I had no idea the Bills were this good this early on. They beat the you know the yep. you know the high flying Seahawks, and then a couple weeks later they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers that were undefeated. Bills are the real yep. deal this year. It's uh, the uh, the Super Bowl is more than likely going to be won by an AFC team this year, uh, and what, who you know there's three teams in the AFC that are strong: the Pittsburgh Steelers, sadly to say. Kansas City Chiefs looking for a two-peat and the Buffalo Bills. And, uh, whatever two of those yep. three teams face off in the AFC Championship, that, that's going to be a hell of a game. I don't think yep. – I, I can't name an NFC team right now that can, that can you know, beat the Chiefs, to be honest. So, I yeah, feel like it's the Chiefs. Chiefs look um, unbelievable this year. Um, kind of interesting. I wonder if we're seeing the, uh, the new Brady – Almost in uh, Mahomes with regards to uh, you know oh, hello. is he going to start yep. start bringing um, start bringing um, what you might call it, Super Bowl rings to Kansas City now year in and yep. year out. Well, he's a lot more mobile. Brady was never known for his, his you know his you know his running ability, so you know he's a lot more right. mobile than right. you know, Brady, right. which is great. And then last. Uh, two weeks ago, we had on December 9th, we had on what I would consider probably one of my favorite episodes. Uh, yep. Steve Wolf, Mike McKee, Jeff Payne talking about just uh, the 1926 Pottsville Maroons RPPC. Uh, we've we've I, we've never had two guests on the show, and we 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 swung for the fences on this to have three guests. Uh, when you have that many people, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, our, our big fear is always, you know, talking over each other, uh, you know, and just, and too much noise, but went off very well, learned a lot. It was good to have, you know, we've never had Mike on the show before, been in the hobby right. a long time. Right. Uh, it was good to hear some stories from him. Jeff, always knowledgeable, you know, just in, you know, what he you know knows about this set, this very esoteric set. And then Steve, obviously, Steve, Jeff, and I split, you know, the uh, the Hunt Auction, you know, 26 RPPC set that was, that sold in February, which was the highlight of my year. I you know, just I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah, that was that was a again, that was, the information in that show was just incredible. And uh, you know, that, that's the type of show you want to listen to two, three times, making sure you pick up everything after you're taking your notes off to the first or second show. Truly amazing, truly amazing, and what an amazing story to get the get the cards to. It's just incredible. Yep. truly incredible. Maybe I should re-listen to that show because that one was fun. Just uh, yeah, I would definitely. Yeah. I I I listened to that when and again I normally listen to the show right after, and uh, I was just oh. amazed at what we talked about. And my and and I, I was you know I. I, I'll be very blunt with you. I, I knew a little. I really didn't know a lot. And just hearing the whole story of the thing is just amazing. And, and again, that's a that's a set. If I get a type card out of it, I'll be very happy because there's a lot of stuff yep. I, I only have one card from, and that, that suits me fine. You know what I mean? I'm not going to complete it, and I'm not worried about it type of thing. But uh, truly amazing. Truly amazing information. Well. For Mike to find the entire, you know, an entire personal collection for Barney Wentz at the Wentz home, you know, or you know, at you know, one of the heirs, is is pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, if another one, yeah, so you know, the, the, yeah, 
the story is just is just truly amazing. And you know, if you really think about it, we've been doing this for a long time, and the people we've had on the show over the years, the the, the their collections, their books, uh, their knowledge of a particular area is just, is just truly amazing. If you really think about it, how incredible the football collecting card and memorabilia world is. And it really, we really didn't know a lot about this years ago. You know what I mean? So I'm real happy over the past 10 years uh, between the magazine and this, you know, we've brought a lot of stuff into knowledge and uh, people know about it now. And I think that's why football card collecting and football memorabilia collecting will always be strong because there's a lot more knowledge out there than there's ever been. And there's a lot of uh, great collectors out there and great collections out there at the same time. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. The the more we talk about them, the more we shine a light on them and uh, and bring them to light, the more, Mm -hmm. you know, people who aren't aware of it or, you know, who knows, maybe we, maybe we get, you know, more and more, more and more of these collections to get, you know, to surface, to come to light. And uh, exactly. maybe we get to see, we, we, we know for a fact there are a lot of people out there who have pretty amazing collections who prefer, who aren't on social media, who prefer, uh, you know, prefer to, you know, be under the table and not talk about things. So, Right, right, right. Yeah, who knows? And I guess maybe we change the I understand that. Well, we're almost we're running out of time again. If you're not a subscriber to Gridiron Greats Magazine, what are you waiting for? GridironGreatsMagazine.com. All right, we're going to go into our two-minute warning, wrapping wrapping things up. Again, as always, Joe, what'd you pick up on tonight's show? Ah. Another great year of shows. Uh, it was a it was a trip down memory lane to sit here and talk about them. And just to recap, uh, I endeavor my New Year's resolution is to take better notes on each show so that next year at this time, Captain, when we're talking uh, post year <laughs> wrap up, I'll be able to be a little more specific. I have a big file and, folder that I have all the scripts in, and I have my own notes on it. And uh, it's interesting to go back and look it up. At, I've, while you were discussing each show, I was going through each script. And looking at it, I'm saying, holy mackerel. And, and I basically have every script from every show we ever did, going back to when we were on the Leatherheads uh, of the Gridiron uh, Network. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting, pretty interesting. To well, say yeah, you posted, the, you posted the master list on VFC. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I literally yeah. just cut and pasted it and printed it out. That's what I went off of. And I started to jot notes down a couple of days ago. So I, yeah, I, it's, I, it's I played your work, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to uh, to see who we talked to and all the information that we went over. Truly, truly incredible. All right, down to 60 seconds. Wrapping things up, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. Uh, don't, uh, uh, don't forget it to uh, listen to any back podcasts that are on Block Talk Radio. Just go to blocktalkradio.com and type in Gridiron Greats Magazine, the podcast, and you can see all our back shows from what Joe and I did uh, from 2017 on. No, that's it. Happy New Year. Uh, We'll be talking next year in 21. And uh, 
I want to wish all our viewers, listeners, advertisers of Gridiron Greats Magazine and the podcast a very happy and healthy new year. And uh, we'll be talking next year. Take care. Merry New Year, you and Brenda. Bye, Captain. Take care. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.